0: let's go to Genesis 12 tonight, and we want to continue with this that we have been looking at, a covenant of blood. Now, I realize there's a lot of things going on in the world, but if you'll remember back around December 15th, on a Wednesday evening, uh, we got over into the Spirit, and the Lord began to say some things. We began to prophesy. And the Lord said, if you'll remember, he said, uh, keep your eye on the Ukraine. And he said, because there's unrest stirring. But then he also said that there was great revival coming out of that land. Amen. And then he said, you'll remember, he said, and don't be deceived. He said, the bear has stirred himself. Russia. And he said, he's played the part of a pacifist for a while. But his goal has always been world domination. And so he told us to pray that the plans would be thwarted and the plans would be frustrated. And he said for from that soil, of uh, the Russian soil, would come a move of God. Amen. Folks, listen, God will always get us out ahead of things. If we're listening, he'll always get us out ahead of things. And uh, I wish I knew everything that was going to happen, but here's what I know. God told us what we needed to know. And he said revival's brewing in that land, and the embers are being blown, so that's what's happening. So we pray that the plans are frustrated, and the plans are thwarted, and God does the rest. Amen. And I might as well say one more thing while I'm there. You know, I hear Christians so much, and they'll talk about a certain politician. And they'll say, can you believe he believes that or or said that? He doesn't know Jesus. Folks, you can't expect people that are sinners to have Christian values. They're not going to. And you got to keep your focus on what Jesus told us to do and what God told us to do. And just the world's going to be the world, but we're going to be the church. Amen. Hallelujah. So, a covenant of blood. And uh, we'll start off by what, how we've always started off. Is always remember, number one, that I have a covenant. Say that out loud. I have a covenant. But number two, the Bible is a covenant book sealed with blood on both ends. The blood of bulls and goats in the, in the first covenant. The blood of the Lamb of God in the second covenant. A covenant mindset, number three, a covenant mindset is a requirement for strong faith. It's a requirement for strong faith. You have to always believe what God said about himself. What did God say about himself? And we went through it. We won't take the time tonight. But he said in uh, Titus 1 that he cannot lie. Not won't, cannot. Cannot lie. God cannot lie. It's, God cannot lie. All right. God won't lie because He can't lie. Well, if God cannot lie, then everything, everything He said is truth. That's why he said in John seventeen seventeen, Jesus said, "Sanctify them through Your Word. Your Word is truth. What God speaks does not become truth. It is truth the moment He said it." Amen. That's 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 why the Bible says, "You shall know the truth." And what what it, what happens when you know the truth? Makes you free. Is that right? It makes you free. Truth frees, lies bind. But you always believe what God said about Himself. He said He cannot lie. He said He does not change. Uh, Hebrews thirteen, He says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now that, that's important because what God is, what God, what God. Will be is what he has always been. And what God's always been is what he'll always be. Hallelujah. God doesn't change. God doesn't change. What God, what God speaks is eternal. It's eternal. When God says something, it's forever. There, There is a requirement on my part to meet the conditions of what he said, but what God said never changes. Amen. Always, I have to believe what God said about himself first and about his word. What did God say about his word? Well, he said in Isaiah 55, 11, it will not return empty. It will not return vain. It will not return void. It will not return without accomplishing the thing that it was sent to do. But you'll hear people, they'll say, well, I did that and it didn't work. No, that's impossible. That's impossible because God said his word wouldn't return void. See, that's, that's a challenge in some areas. Because I've, I've, known, I've known, for instance, with the, the seed time and harvest that I was just talking about, I've known good people, people that I love, that told me, well, I tried that and it didn't work. That's impossible. Because God's word says it does. Do, do you see that? If, if 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 you get in your car tonight and you push the button or maybe you put the key in the ignition, however you do it. If you push, if you, if you start that car and it doesn't start, are cars supposed to start? Supposed to start. If it doesn't start, do you go, well, cars don't work. I'm just walking. I'll take the bus from now on because cars don't work. That don't work. Don't get in your car. It don't work. No, you would would look, is something wrong? Is the battery unplugged? Is the alternator out? Is something wrong with my car? Because if it got me here, it should still get me home. What God said in His Word is eternal. And it never changes. And He cannot lie. That's why He has a covenant with us. That He swore in blood. God bound himself to his word. Amen. If, if God's word is wrong, if God's word doesn't work, God is not who he said he was. And that's why Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. It's eternal. Amen. And then you always believe what, about what he, uh, what he said he would do. What did God say he would do? That's what you believe. So the relationship that we have with God is based on the covenant that God made with Abraham. Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1. The Lord said to Abram, get out of your country, from your kindred, from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. I'll bless you, make your name great, and you'll be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless you and curse him that curses you. And in you shall all families of the earth be blessed. Notice, so Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. And Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. So this is the beginning of the covenant relationship that God would make with Abraham. Now I know it's Abram here, but for the sake of bouncing between the two names. That God would make with Abraham. And he began this relationship by asking him, notice, to leave his country, to leave his kindred and his father's house. And notice what the verse says. So Abram departed. Abraham obeyed and left. Our part of the covenant is faith and obedience. That's our part of the covenant. God asked Abram to leave. And the Bible says, so Abram departed. Our part is faith and obedience. They are, those two things are the primary requirements in a covenant relationship. Faith and obedience. I have to have faith in what was promised, and I have to obey what is asked. I have to have faith in what was promised, and I have to obey what is asked. So wherever God met with Abraham, I don't know what he had heard about him, the Bible doesn't tell us, but we know that there was enough understanding that when God asked him to leave, and you know, where Abraham lived was not a bad place, it was very modern according to to their time. I mean, they had working plumbing, they had libraries, they were a rich society, Abram was not... The bottom of the rung. He had a pretty good status in Ur of the Chaldees. And God showed up and said, I want you to leave all of this and go where I'm going to show you. And notice what it says. So Abram departed. My response determines God's response. I've I've talked to people over the years and they'll say things like this to me. They'll say, well, the Lord's been dealing with me to do that. The Lord's been dealing with me for six months. The Lord's been dealing with me for a year. And you haven't done it yet? Now see, I understand praying about something. But if you know God's dealing with you about something, your part of the covenant relationship is to obey what you know He's asking you to do. It's not just about the blessing. It's not just about things that can come to you. Being outside of where God wants me to be puts me in a position of being vulnerable. It puts me in a position. Notice what God said. He said, I'll bless you. I'll make your name great. I'll bless them that bless you and curse them that curse you. If Abraham doesn't leave Ur of the Chaldees, that doesn't come to pass. Because the first thing he did was ask him to leave. And then he said, and here's what I'll do. I'll bless them that bless you. I'll curse them that curse you. I'll bless you. I'll make your name great. You'll be a blessing. Amen. Amen. So my response determines God's response. Because God has outlined his part. My job's to fulfill my part. What did God say? Because what God promised, He's promised. It won't change. Malachi 3.6, I'm the Lord, I change not. That's important. Because what God has promised, He's promised. My response is the deciding factor of whether or not it occurs. What, what I do. Amen. Notice here in uh, verse 4. So Abram departed. And notice, he departed as the Lord had spoken to him. So Abram departed based on what the Lord said. Now that can seem very elementary. But you know, especially in our circles, we say, you know, we need no other evidence than thus saith the word. Right? If that's the only evidence we need, Then if I see it, I act on it. Because this is a covenant book sealed with blood on both ends. Is that right? Now, Genesis 15. Genesis 15, verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I'm your shield, your exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless? And, this, and the steward of my house is this Eleazar of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, to me you've given no seed, and one born in my house is my heir. And the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This will not be your heir, but he that will come forth out of your own bowels will be your heir. And he brought him forth abroad, said, Look towards heaven, tell the stars, if you're able to number them. And he said, so shall your seed be. And he believed in the Lord, and he, the Lord, counted it to him for righteousness. The Amplified Bible says he believed in, trusted in, relied on. Here's an important phrase. Remained steadfast to the Lord. Abram did this. Hallelujah. Notice. God promises Abram that he'll have a son. He comes to Abram and he says, I'm your shield and your exceeding great reward. And Abram says, what could you possibly give me? In other words, I understand what you're saying, but what could you give me that would matter? I don't have an heir. It's one thing to have an inheritance or to have an estate, but if you don't have anybody to leave it to, an estate without an heir... Is, 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 is empty. And he said I've got all this. You've blessed me. I'm very rich. But I don't have a son. I don't have an heir. And Eliezer here. My hired servant is going to be my heir. And notice what God said. Nope. That's not what it's going to be. Your very own son that comes out of your body. Is going to be your heir. And notice what it says. And he believed in the Lord. He believed in the Lord. Abraham believed what God said to him. This is the first time we're told that Abraham believed God. That's so important. Because God said this is how it's going to be. That's not how it's going to be. This is how. See, you got to believe what God said about himself. And about his word. What did God tell you in his word? That's how it will be. Not the other way. Well, you know, Lord, I I know you said you'd bless me going in and coming out, but it looks like I'm not making it. That's not how it's going to be. What did God say? What did God say? If, If you go with what God said, and you remain, here's the phrase, you remain steadfast to what God said. See, that's the fight of faith. Faith is not hard, it's just different. Not hard, it's just different. Because because when you understand you have a covenant, immediately, when you get it in your spirit, believing God gets easier. Because God can't lie. God, God cannot lie. Amen. You can't stay where you're at. Because God said He would bring you out. You can't lose because he said you would always be triumphant. That you would be more than a conqueror. That you would be the head and not the tail. That you would be above only and not be... That's what God said. So God said, I'm going to do this. Abraham said, but this is the way it is. And God said, that's not how it's going to be. And Abraham believed God. Tell your neighbor, say, I'm like Abraham. I believe God. Oh, tell them one more time. Say, are you like Abraham? Do you believe God? Answer him. Say, yes, I am. Glory to God. Amen. And, and, and you know, here's, here's something to see. And this may seem elementary. Abraham had nothing to read to tell him how to do this. He just had to take God at his word. A lot of times, somebody will get born again. They'll get born again and it seems like within the first six months that God's just doing things for them. He's just, I mean, turning things around, bringing them out, healing them, delivering them, showing them favor. Here's the thing. They've not been around anybody that doesn't believe God. The only thing they know to do is just believe God. If God saved me... God can deliver if God did the impossible and when he saved you he did the impossible he did what nobody else could do for you he did what you couldn't do for yourself you messed everything up and God came and fixed it and saved you and delivered you and the Bible says if God will do that for you there's nothing he won't do for you hallelujah hallelujah and, and, and when you get born again, you just have a raw faith that says, if God saved me and delivered me, there are people on the sound of my voice. You were so addicted to whatever you were addicted to when you got born again, you didn't have any hope. I heard a story today, guy eating out of trash cans, homeless, gets saved, instantly delivered, instantly set free, turned loose by the power of God. If God did that for you in a matter of seconds, a matter of moments, there's nothing he won't do for you. You just have that raw faith. That if God did that, but what happens is we get around a bunch of unbelieving people with their unbelieving stories about how they tried it and it didn't work and that didn't work for them and it failed over here and, th- and it hinders your faith. Do yourself a favor. When somebody starts telling you that, just walk off. Walk off. Because I'm telling you as your pastor, God doesn't fail. God doesn't, cannot lie. God doesn't change. Amen. Say it out loud. I have a covenant with God who cannot lie. Oh, hallelujah. Now, verse 8. And he said, Abram said, Lord, whereby shall I know? What token will you give me? This is not doubt. This is not unbelief. This is. This he had a right to ask for a token. You're telling me something. How, how do I know it? How do, how do I know it? I mean, I believe you, but I would like some proof. Oh, hallelujah. People say, well, faith doesn't demand proof. You have proof right there in your lap. This is proof. Faith is not blind, faith is not moved by what it sees. Faith needs no other evidence. Faith doesn't need evidence besides the Word of God. But it needs the Word of God. This is the proof. If you see one person healed in the Bible, it's God's will to heal you. If you see one person delivered and prospered, it's God's will to prosper you. Because if He did it for one, it's God's will to do it for everybody. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. I, look, I didn't even tell you all about Sarah tonight. I didn't even tell you about her. I'm just going to tell all of her business too. I, I didn't even tell you about her. She was, she was believing God. <laughs> Peyton laughed at that. He's like, hey, tell it, Dad, tell it. Amen. Uh, but but uh, she was believing to put Peyton in, in school full time. Well, you know, she's a single mom, working hard, and it was going to be a few hundred dollars more a month. Amen. So the seed. Went up and signed him up. Was it the next day? Next day, they brought you in the office and said, uh, we're going to scholarship your son. So he's going to school for nothing. Oh, hallelujah. Now, Now, here's the thing. If God did it for her, God will do it for you because God's not a respecter of persons. He doesn't pick and choose who He blesses. He doesn't pick and choose who He heals. It comes back down to this. You may see this, but God said this. You may feel this, but God said this. You may sense this, but God said this. Forget that and believe what He said. Believe what He said. I've I've had to train myself about that over the years. Whatever that is saying, I understand. It's there. It exists. But God said this. I got to believe God. God's the one I have a covenant with everything is subject to change because I have a covenant with the almighty God God will change what cannot change God will stop what cannot be stopped God will start what can't be started in the natural because he's the God that gives life to the dead and calls things that be not as though they were glory be to God oh hallelujah I've preached myself happy I do that quite often. Ah, uh, Verse 8 or verse 9. And he said, take a heifer three years old, a she-goat three years old, ram of three years old, total a young pigeon. He took unto him all these, divided them in the midst, laid each piece one against another, but the birds divided he not. Verse 17. And it came to pass that when the sun went down and it was dark, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp passed between those pieces. Mm. In the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying, Under your seed I've given this land from the river of Egypt under the great river, the river Euphrates. Now notice this. After God makes promise to Abram, Abram asks for proof or evidence that God will keep his word. Oh, hallelujah. Now he says... I want you to sacrifice these animals. Now, I I, I want you to see something. Blood was necessary, and I'll tell you why. But the blood was not the largest part of the token or the proof. It was important. It It was vital because it was the binding part of this. It bound God to what he was saying. What clenched this and settled this forever in Abraham's mind, in Abram's mind, was when he saw God walking through those pieces. That settled it. Because God is walking through that blood making promises. Do you see that? The words God spoke as he walked through those pieces was the proof. This is what I'm going to do. When God was willing to walk through the blood of the sacrificial animals, making verbal promises, he had verbally and visually bound himself to what he was promising. He had verbally swore it and visually walked through it. And Abraham forever had that picture in his mind. And those words in his ears. That God said this and God followed it up by walking through the pieces. Glory to God. From this point forward, Abraham believed God. Why? He had heard God promise and he had witnessed God binding himself through the avenue of blood to what he had promised. Hallelujah. And under the new covenant, under the second covenant, God has bound himself to what he said through the blood of Jesus Christ he is bound forever by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says that the blood opened up a new and a living way. It says the blood opened up the grave. The blood opened up the holy place. It says the blood of Jesus is on the mercy seat in heaven, ever making intercession for you and I. The mercy seat is not just a piece of furniture in the heavenly holy of holies. It's the place where God resides. It the place where God sits God sits on the heavenly mercy seat and the mercy seat is covered with the blood of the Lamb of God and God has sworn in covenant blood I will do what I promised you Hallelujah Glory to God Thank you Lord Thank you Lord Glory to God Amen Amen and, 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 and when you think in those terms, it gets so easy to believe God. Because God bound Himself to this. Nobody can make God do anything. God chose to do this. God chose to bind Himself to the blood of Jesus. In Genesis 17... Verse 1, when Abram was ninety years old and 9, the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I'm the Almighty God. Walk before me and be perfect. Oh, glory to God. And I'll make my covenant with, between me and you. I'll multiply you exceedingly. Abram fell on his face and God talked with him and said, As for me, my covenant is with you and you will be a father of many nations. out so loud I have a covenant. Now, this is important. Because God promised Abraham that through him all families of the earth would be blessed. And it said he would be a father of many nations or a multitude of nations. Now this is so important because you have a covenant. Here's why it's so important. The word nations is the Hebrew word goy, G-O-Y, or goyim. G-O-I-M. A Hebrew would never call another Hebrew a goy. It's a slam. It's very close to a racial slur. Because it describes Gentiles. In you, notice, you will be a father of many nations. Many Gentile nations. It's used traditionally and usually of non-Hebrews. The word literally means Gentile or heathen nations. Now, I know that applies to some of y'all. You used to be heathen. Hallelujah, Vernon. But glory to God. Now, now why, why is this so important? I have a covenant. This covenant that God made with Abraham is the the basis of my relationship and the basis of your relationship. Now, I I, I know that the blood of Jesus cleansed me. The blood of Jesus saved me. The blood of Jesus brought me into the family of God. But if there's no covenant with Abraham, there's no Jesus in the earth. God needed Abraham's son to get his son into the earth. And the promise throughout the word of God, the promise throughout the book of Genesis, especially to Abraham, was Abraham in you, all nations. You're going to be the father of nations. God's letting him know that it's not only the natural seed of Abraham that will benefit from this covenant, it's the Gentile nations as well. You and I. Hallelujah. Look at Malachi chapter 1. Malachi chapter 1. I'm like the old preacher one time said, the Bible's true from kiver to kiver, from job to malachi. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, it is. However you say it, it is. I used to know a guy named uh, 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 Brother Justo from South Texas. And when he first got saved, he didn't know anything about the Bible. He called Psalms Pasolums. And that's how he preached it, turned to Psalms. And finally, somebody said, hey, that's Psalms. He said, well, I don't care what it is. It changed my life. <laughs> notice what he said in Malachi 1 and 11. For from the, now, now, remember, this is him talking to people that are not honoring God. They're bringing him defiled sacrifices, blind sacrifices, uh, uh, sick sacrifices. And notice what he says in verse 11. For from the rising of the sun. Until the going down of the same, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. And everywhere, every place, incense shall be offered unto my name, and a pure offering, for my name shall be great among the heathen, saith the Lord of hosts. Now, let's, let's, let's do a little geography lesson here. Rising of the sun, where's the sun rise? In the in the what? In the east. To the going down of the same. Where's the sun go down? So from the east to the west. Is that right? And he said his name would be great among the Gentiles. Oh, hallelujah. Look at Romans 4 13. Mm. Romans 4 and 13. I have a covenant. Notice Romans 4, 13. For the promise that he should be heir of the world was not to Abraham or his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Heir of the world. That's not things. That's people. And he said he would be the heir of the world. That was made to him, and he entered into that by faith. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. The promise is entered into by faith. My part of the covenant is faith and obedience. The way the enemy hinders your faith is to try to show you or prove to you that it didn't work before or some other circumstance or bring somebody else's experience up. Your job is to stay steadfast to what God said. You remain faithful to what God said. Oh, hallelujah, Matthew chapter 8, oh, glory, I think we're going to make our hour of power tonight, I mean, I don't have a problem going over an hour of power, but somebody was talking to me the other day, and I said, the problem is, they taught me how to preach, they just never taught me how to, how to stop, <laughs> hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, that, that, that started 39 years ago. I preached my first message 39 years ago. I don't know how good it was, but I know it was too long because the lady told me after church, I preached too long. So, that <laughs> well, was too long. Well, thank you. Hallelujah. That bothered me then. It don't bother me now. So. <laughs> no, we'll respect your time. Matthew 8, verse 5. When Jesus was entering into Capernaum, There came unto him a centurion beseeching him, saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Now, you can tell he was grievously tormented. Palsy is creeping paralysis. This this man is becoming paralyzed throughout his whole body. I mean, it's just creeping up on him. It's creeping up his legs, up his torso, up his arms. I mean, he's not going to be long. He's going to be totally incapacitated. And Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. The centurion answered, said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I'm a man under authority. I say to this one, go, and he goes to another, come, and he comes to my servant, do this, and he does it. Now, it's important that we we see this, because there's something you have to know. This man knew that to be in the presence of Jesus' word, Was to be in the presence of Jesus. If his word is there. Jesus is there. To be in the presence of God. Is to be in the presence of his word. To be in the presence of his word. Is to be in the presence of God. If his word's there. It's the same as him being there. Hallelujah. Now now, now listen, that's what, that's what Jesus was talking about when he said, wherever two or three of you are gathered together in my name, I'm there. In my name, I'm there. Well, I, yes, Jesus is here tonight. He's here tonight if he's not here in any other form than the word of God. He's here. Because there's two or three of us and we're gathered together in his name. And so, you understand? That's why God told Abraham, I've sworn by myself in Genesis 22 to believe what God has said is to believe that he's there doing the work. He said, I sent my word and I healed them and delivered them from all of their destructions, all of their problems. So when you speak the word, It's You're not just speaking words in the sense you're confessing something into a circumstance. You're speaking the power of the eternally existent God into that circumstance. And what you say about God from His Word is what God has always been and what He will always be and what He will always do. Glory to God. So when you walk up to your house and you say, I'm blessed going in and I'm blessed coming out. That's not just a confession. That's not just a word of faith thing that we came up with. That's what God said. He said, I'll bless you going in, and I'll bless you coming out. I'll bless you getting up, and I'll bless you sitting down. Man, you can't lay down on your bed tonight and not be blessed. You can't get up in the morning and not be blessed. When you walk out the door, you're blessed. When you come back home, you're blessed. You're blessed on your job. You're blessed in the city. You're blessed in the field. Everything you put your hands to is blessed. Because God said it. And when you start paying attention to the circumstances that are calling God a liar and you agree with them, you call God a liar. You agree with God, not the circumstance. Oh, glory. Amen. How- Listen, it's never getting worse. Sure, it could have fooled me. Listen, it's getting worse because I'm looking at the signs. When I, I, I taught about this the other week, when Jesus told the disciples, let's go to the other side, then what did he do? Go to sleep. A storm came up, did it not? What was the last words of Jesus. Let's go to the other side. Did Jesus expect to get to the other side? He did. Expected to get to the other side. When they woke him up and said, Don't you care that we perish? Jesus looked at them after he calmed the storm and said, How is it that you're so fearful? How is it you have no faith? No faith. They did not believe what Jesus said from the start. Because they had no faith. When Peter was in the boat, and Jesus came walking on the water, and you know Jesus walked on the water twice. The Bible tells us twice that he did that. One time he came ahead and got in the boat, and when he got in the boat, they were immediately at land. Next time Peter got out of the boat and walked to him, but what did Peter do? What's it say he did? He started looking at the at the at the wind that was causing the waves, and it said he began to sink. Jesus grabbed him and didn't even wait to get in the boat said, why would you doubt, oh, you of little faith? Is that right? So Peter had little faith. He stepped out of the boat in little faith. But the circumstance and the situation swamped his little faith. What was his job? He asked Jesus, if it's you, tell me to come. What was Peter's job? Keep coming. I think you missed a good place to say amen. It was Peter's job to keep coming. Your jobs keep believing. Your jobs keep sowing. Your jobs keep coming. Amen. They, they, they wrote on a, on a Texas Rangers tombstone his, his saying, and it was this. You cannot stop a man who knows he's right and just keeps coming. You just can't. I adopted that years ago when I heard it. You can't stop somebody that knows he's right and just keeps coming. You can't stop a believer that knows the word of God and just keeps coming. Amen. Hallelujah. I had somebody tell me one time. You know, I told somebody that the devil couldn't kill Job, so he can't kill me. You are in a far better. You are in a far greater covenant than Job. Job didn't even have a covenant with God. Job wasn't even a Hebrew. Job was from the land of Uz. Job was was by all impressions an Edomite. Job didn't even have a covenant with God, and yet Job believed God in spite of the circumstances that he was facing. He told his wife. He said, we've received some bad things that he thought came from God. He said, but if we're going to receive good things, and now we're getting bad things, I'm not going to turn on him now. What God did for you six years ago, God will do today. What God did for you five years ago, 20 years ago, God will do it again. You just keep coming. Keep coming. Yeah, but I'm going through a storm. Keep coming. You got a covenant. Say out loud, I got a covenant. I have a covenant. Now I'm almost done. Ooh. My God. <laughs> you just remain committed to the Word. God can be depended upon to do exactly what He said. Hallelujah. My part is to set my agreement with what God said. That's my part. What did God say? Amen. When you go to the doctor and he says, this is what you have, what did God say? I'm not telling you to ignore the doctor. But what I'm telling you is, what did God say? Never let a natural diagnosis talk louder than what God said. You got to keep the word the loudest. But you got you, 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 you to know that. When... when we've been teaching now, I think, nine weeks in healing school on a covenant of healing. It's it's, it's so crucial. Hallelujah. See, Abraham believed God. What did he believe about God? What God said. What did God say? Now look at verse 10. When Jesus heard it, he marveled. And said to them that followed... Truly, I say to you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel, in the people, the people of Israel. In in other words, I've not found this kind of faith in covenant people. All right? But notice this. Now, now this is going to take us back to what we saw in Malachi. Remember, you have a covenant. And I say unto you, that many will come from the east... And the West. And what will they do? They will sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of God. But the children of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So notice, first of all, what Jesus pointed out about this man his faith. He said he had not found this faith in the people of Israel. Then he said, Many are going to come from the East and the West, the Gentiles. That's us. And notice, sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. How? Through faith. You entered into this covenant by faith. Glory to God. And notice what it said. It said there will be parts of that natural seed that will be put out where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Why? They didn't enter into it by faith. Romans 9, Romans 10, and Romans 11 says that there is an aspect of the physical seed of Abraham. Not all, but an aspect that they are going about trying to put forth their own righteousness. And they're denying the righteousness of God, which is of faith. But notice what it says. It says that you and I, just like this centurion, can enter into this thing by faith. Glory to God. My part of the covenant is faith and obedience. That's my part of the covenant. That's my part of the covenant. I know this says this, but what did God say? What did God say? I was talking to somebody the other day and said, what what do you think about this? And I said, well, what did God say? Pastor Michelle and I have just, we've had to train ourselves. Over the years, this, this is what God said. So this is what we're going to believe. I told you the story. We had a, a, a child. I'll close with this. We had a child that was just kind of acting up. I don't know if any of your kids ever acted up. After they got grown. <laughs> Amen. And uh, so I was meditating on this one day. And the Lord asked me something. I won't tell you the whole story. But I was, I was just meditating and praying and seeking the Lord. And he asked me, he said, Philip, he said, what is my part in this? And I said, save my child. That's what you said you would do. He said, okay. He said, what's your part? I said, believe you. He said, then leave it there. And he gave me something to say. I have a message called Step by Step. And you can, you can see these things. But he gave me a, a, a something to say. He said, Whenever you think about that circumstance or somebody talks to you about it, here's what you say. Uh, my child, name their name, is following the plan of God for their life. So we had a family gathering one time. And uh, uh, I had a, uh, a family member came up to me and they said, so uh, how's uh, this child doing? I said, well, they're following the plan of God for their life. And, and I'll never forget what they did. They kind of went like this. They kind of went, <laughs> now, I know what you believe. You know, I know you're keeping your words right and everything, but really, now, tell me, really, how are they doing? And I couldn't resist. I, I went, oh, well, yeah, I'll just be honest with you. They're following the plan of God for their life. That's an elementary illustration. That's what God said. When the pressure's the hardest is when you're going to be tempted to abandon what God said. But if I can, if I can tell you something tonight, this is what I've learned. And you do whatever you want to do with it. When, when, when the pressure's the hardest, the enemy's about done. I've had people recently talk to me about how the devil's just running his mouth. Because he's he's about, he's fired his last shot. You haven't given in. There are people in here tonight, you think you're losing, but you're still here. Nothing the devil said was going to happen, happened. We always win. Glory to God. As you stand to your feet tonight, say out loud, I have.